book ten chapters one through five of of the love of god by saint francis de sales translated by h l sidney lear this librivox recording is in the public domain book ten the command to love god above all things chapter one the graciousness of this precept man is the most perfect part of creation the soul is the most perfect part of man love is the perfection of the soul and the perfection of love is the love of god so that the love of god may be defined as the end the perfection of the universe and this explains the preeminence of that which our lord called the first and greatest commandment matthew chapter twenty two verse thirty eight this commandment is as the sun whence all other divine laws and precepts all gospel counsels borrow their light and importance everything is created for that divine love and everything tends to it like a tree it bears all counsels and inspirations as its flowers eternal life its fruit and whatever is not tending to eternal love tends to eternal death verily that is a great commandment the fulfilling of which extends to eternity and is itself the condition of eternal life consider how gracious this law is surely it had been no small thing if god had but permitted us to approach such love without urgently enjoining it by so many precepts but that neither his exceeding greatness nor our low estate or any other excuse might hinder our love to him he has made it a command apelles when desperately in love with compasby dared not give way to his affection because of his rival alexander but so soon as that rival yielded to him he knew not whether to be most devoted to her who was ceded to him by the emperor or to the emperor who had made so inestimable a concession and verily if we could but see it our debt is infinite to him who not merely permits but commands our love my god whether is greatest the beauty which thine infinite goodness bids me love or the goodness which lays so gracious a precept on me at the last great day god will cause the lost to perceive plainly the beauty of his countenance and the treasures of his goodness so that they will long intensely though vainly to approach his love but even as we sometimes see a woman die in childbirth all her travail and pains being fruitless so those hapless souls while perceiving the exceeding beauty of god will yet be powerless to love that which they hitherto rejected and the spectacle which should kindle fervent love in the will must tend instead to profound misery in the remembrance that all this they have lost a remembrance profitless now when the season of repentance is past 
and thus those that are lost will forever be tormented by the knowledge of infinite happiness which they cannot share infinite love which having rejected when it was within their reach they now can never attain their thirst will be all the more cruel because they will remember that the fountain was once open to them and though they may not share the brightness of the vision granted to god's elect we know that they shall see the son of man in his glory and realize as they behold it what they have lost supposing that god had laid restrictions on his love how earnestly all devout souls would have striven to be admitted to it more earnestly than david strove for love of michal or jacob for rachel those that are lost would reckon themselves saved could they hope ever to attain to the love of god and the blessed would count themselves as lost were it possible for them ever to fall from it so great is this commandment that could the divine will ever extend it to the lost they would be saved and the whole blessedness of heaven depends upon it blessed for ever be he who has made that whereupon all his creatures happiness depends to be their first and chiefest duty chapter two this commandment is of heaven although it is given to the faithful on earth if the law is not made for a righteous man because he needs it not but seeks to do god's will from instinctive love how much more must the saints in heaven be exempt from all law their rejoicing in the supreme goodness and beauty of their beloved being as it were a blessed necessity to them in heaven we shall love god not as bound thereto by the law but irresistibly impelled and attracted by the joy with which his exceeding loveliness fills us and then the power of precept will yield to the power of satisfaction which is the climax and fulfilment of the command the commandment laid on us in this mortal life prepares us for that fullness of satisfaction in eternity and it is an imperative law and by its observance alone can the citizens of the militant jerusalem attain to the freedom of the triumphant city the heavenly jerusalem there our hearts will be free from passion our soul purged from all distraction our spirits loosed from trammels our inclinations all good and holy and like the four beasts we read of in the revelation the blessed ones will serve god day and night who can conceive the joy and gladness of that ceaseless service that perpetual rest blessed are they that dwell in thy house they will be always praising thee psalm eighty four verse four but we may not aspire to such perfect love in this life neither heart soul spirit or strength here are equal to it we must be content to love with all the strength we have when i was a child i spake as a child 
I understood as a child, I thought as a child. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 But when I become a perfected soul in paradise, I shall be free from the shortcomings of childhood and shall love God perfectly. Meanwhile, during our spiritual childhood, let us not fail to do whatever God has commanded. We can do it, and moreover, it is not hard, for his commandment is love. Chapter 3. The heart which is filled with love of God will love all else in him. When we say all, we accept nothing. Yet the man who has given himself wholly to God may none the less be all things to his parents, his king, his country, his family, and his friends, and this because the duty which he owes to the one need in no wise clash with that which concerns the rest. It is by love that a man gives himself, and the more he loves, the more entire the gift. So he who loves God's goodness above all things gives himself wholly to God. And having thus given himself, nothing should prevail to draw his heart from God. Nor can any affection do so, save such as is unlawful and contrary to God's will. Sarah made no objection to Ishmael's being Isaac's companion until he mocked her son. Genesis chapter 21 verse 9 And God permits man to cherish other affections so long as they do not infringe on the reverence due to him. In heaven, God will give himself wholly to us, even as he is one and undivided. Yet he will give himself variously to the innumerable blessed ones around him and we shall give ourselves to him in like manner, for we shall see him face to face in all his beauty and love him heart to heart. Nevertheless, all will not see with the same perception or love with the same degree of intensity, but to each it will be as it is prepared of the Father. All will be filled with the fullness of divine love, but the capacity of each will vary. All honey is sweet, but Narbonne honey is held to be more luscious and perfumed than any other kind. I do homage to my prince, and likewise to his officer who is my superior, but the homage is different in kind, albeit neither interferes with the other. Nor if in heaven were the precept thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, is perfectly fulfilled, diverse degrees of love are found. Need we marvel to find the same on earth? Nor is it only that of those who love God heartily. Some love him more, some less. The same man may at times increase wondrously in his power of love, so to say surpassing himself. The great painter Apelles varied in the beauty of his works, and while always studying to portray Alexander nobly, there were times when his efforts were more earnest and more successful than at others. 
assuredly the love of god is a saintly science in which we may advance and the latter end should be more abundant than the beginning in the language of holy scripture to do anything with all the heart simply means doing it wholly and unreservedly with my whole heart have i sought thee i call with my whole heart psalm 119 verses 10 and 145 yet though we read that david who spake thus was a man after god's own heart we also read of hezekiah that after him was none like him among all the kings of judah nor any that were before him two kings chapter eighteen verse five and again it is written of josiah that there was no king before him that turned to the lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might neither after him arose there any like him two kings chapter twenty three verse twenty five all three loved god with their whole heart yet not after the same manner according to the sacred text which says of each that there was none like him it is obvious that david's love itself varied greatly in degree and that the clean heart which god renewed in him was more fervently devoted to the lord than his earlier heart and mind had been all true lovers are alike in this that they give their hearts to god with all their strength but they are unlike in that they all give that heart after their several degrees more or less perfectly one gives it in martyrdom another in perpetual virginity in poverty in active service in devotion to pastoral work and while all do their best some attain to more some to less eminent perfection jacob was beloved of god yet he himself says that he served laban with all his power for love of rachel he served laban and loved rachel with all his might and he served the lord with all his might too but nevertheless he did not love them alike he loved god above all things above himself but he loved rachel above all other women and as himself his love of god was supreme his love of rachel the highest possible wedded love and the one was in no wise contrary to the other the value of our love of god then depends upon the preeminence of the motive which rules it upon our loving him as god and one drop of this love is worth more than all other possible love of angels or men and so long as it reigns in the heart it will produce a universal unalterable unreserved submission to and preference for god's will above all else chapter four two manners of perfection of love in this mortal life king solomon had many wives and concubines according to oriental custom but he had one called in the canticles his dove his only one to whom all the rest bowed in homage 
canticle chapter six verse nine and the various degrees which these women occupied in his palace may be taken as typical of the various degrees of perfection with which souls are destined to love and serve the lord jesus christ some there are yet novices in virtue having only just shaken off the yoke of sin and though firmly resolved to love god still weak and unformed so that sundry extraneous and dangerous affections mingle with their love for him and as the young phoenix first rising from the ashes which gave it birth can take but feeble flight with its half-fledged plumage so these new-born souls issuing from their penitential ashes cannot as yet take full wing in holy love being restrained as they are by a multitude of evil tendencies and habits formed by their past careless lives they are indeed living souls and kindled with true love or they had not come out of sin but their love as yet is young and frail and overshadowed by sundry other loves it cannot bear fruit as though it were in sole possession of the heart of such was the prodigal son when forsaking the swine he tended he came to his father half naked and soiled by his contact with those unclean beasts for what is it to forsake the swine but to leave off sin and what is that ragged foul state but the lingering of sinful desires and habits but nevertheless the prodigal possessed that life of the soul which is love and like the phoenix rising from its ashes he came to a new life he was dead and is alive again such souls are typified by the damsels spoken of in the song of solomon who drawn by the savour of good ointments of the bridegroom really love him but with a childish love and are easily distracted by trifles and worldly pleasures such matters are not grievously opposed to god's will not being mortal sins but neither are they in conformity to it and they tend to neglect and forgetfulness of it other souls there are which having made great progress in divine love and having overcome their attachment to what is wrong and dangerous are yet hampered by useless harmful attachment to objects which claim a legitimate degree of love for instance it was god's will that adam should love eve but not that he should love her so excessively as to disobey god in order to please her in doing which he was not guilty of loving an unlawful object but of loving a lawful one unduly love of parents friends etc is enjoined us by god himself but it ceases to be in conformity to his will when carried to excess attachment to a vocation or to spiritual exercises excellent in itself may be carried to excess if these are preferred to obedience or to any greater good or if the heart stops short in them as though they were the end 
rather than the means toward our true end god's love those souls which give way to an inordinate affection for even such things as god wills them to love may love him above all things but not in all things since their affection is not grounded on the motives he sets before them and herein they are like the newly fledged phoenix which is unable to sustain a prolonged flight and often alights on the earth for rest such was the young man who having kept the commandments from his youth up was guiltless of coveting other men's goods but clung to his own with undue eagerness so that when our lord bade him sell all and give to the poor he went away sorrowful matthew chapter nineteen verses sixteen through twenty two he loved nothing but what he had a right to love only he loved it unduly such souls are far from deficient in love but it is ill-regulated and while they are admitted to union with the heavenly solomon it is not as true brides because their undue affection for lawful things distracts them from loving all solely in him and for him chapter five two yet higher degrees of the love of god above all else there are certain souls which only love that which is permitted of god and which love such objects only as he permits happy souls indeed who love their friends in god and their foes for god they love many others besides god but nothing save in and for him they not only love him above all things but in all things and all things in him and such as these are like the perfected phoenix which is never seen save on the wing or on the highest mountain tops whatever else such souls love god is first and foremost and all other affections cluster round his love as their centre st luke tells us of one whom the lord called to follow him who cleaving more to his home than his master asked to go and take leave of his family when our lord warned him against such ill-regulated love bidding him care most for the advancement of god's kingdom luke chapter nine verses fifty nine through sixty two such are the souls which by reason of their close union with the bridegroom share in his glory and reign as queens with him but above all these there is a yet higher degree of love as seen in that only one who not only loves god above all things and all things in him but who loves him only in all else so that he is the sole object of love and forasmuch as that soul seeks him only in all affections it loves him equally everywhere independently of all except his holy will if asuerus loves esther only for herself why should he love her more when adorned and perfumed than in her ordinary attire if i love my saviour for himself alone how should i not love him as well on calvary 
as on mount tabor since it is he himself i find on both wherefore should i not say of either it is good to be here i love the infant saviour sojourning in egypt although i love not egypt wherefore should i not love him when banqueting with simon the leper without loving the banquet and if i love him amid the blasphemies poured on him on the cross without loving these blasphemies why should i not love him amid magdalen's perfumes without cleaving to their sweet savour the true sign of loving god in all things is when we love him equally in all things since inasmuch as he is always the same the inequality of our love must proceed from something which is not god this true bride of whom we speak does not love her lord more as supreme ruler of the universe than were he wholly apart from it she is indifferent to all that is not himself paradise itself were not paradise without him and did he offer no such reward to love this true bride would love him no less he is as dear to her hanging on the cross as glorified in heaven but souls which have attained to such perfect love are so few that they are spoken of as the only one of her mother that is of god's providence the only dove the undefiled perfect because love identifies them with the bridegroom who is perfect i am my beloved's and his desire is toward me canticle chapter seven verse ten surely none save the blessed virgin herself ever attained to the highest perfection of this love but other souls have advanced so far in it as to deserve the title of queen only dove perfect in the beloved how can we but say so of david when crying out whom have i in heaven but thee and there is none on earth that i desire in comparison of thee psalm seventy three verse twenty four or st paul counting all things but dung that i may win christ philippians chapter three verse eight or saints such as augustine bernard the two catherines and other like whose cry was my god and my all rare and blessed souls which all our earthly symbols fail to set forth even the phoenix itself surely not save the bird of paradise which never alights on the earth but ever floats in the sky can be a fit type of these who love no created object save in the creator and he in it their love for love they do finds god in his creation and they love him in the works of his hands even as the pearl-fisher who while he takes up the shell takes it not for its own sake but for the pearl it contains the blessed virgin alone was endowed with such love unchanging unutterable no other can be stationary but must needs be advancing or falling back those souls which are yet cumbered with many idle and perilous affections 
are often stimulated to a higher purer love and those which have attained to the more perfect standard are liable to drop relax their hold through human imperfection and to be guilty of serious venial sin as we may perceive by the bitter dissensions which sometimes prevail even among god's true servants nay did occur among the very apostles who were not free from the like infirmities but forasmuch as such souls ordinarily cleave to god in real pure love we may not doubt that their love was perfect for just as we see that though good trees may bear fruit which is worm-eaten or blighted they never can bear a poisonous fruit so such saints may indeed be guilty of unprofitable ill-judged unseemly acts but never of mortal sin so we must acknowledge that the trees are good albeit some of their fruit is bad even the just man falleth seven times but he riseth up again proverbs chapter twenty four verse sixteen end of book ten chapter five